bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we have a real treat, uh, perhaps one that uh, perhaps you'd like to hear um, a soap opera instead, <laughs> but this is something that everyone, everyone needs to hear, everyone in the free world needs to hear about. It's the truth about terrorists, and it's what the mainstream media doesn't want you to know. And my guest is uh, the expert in this. Uh, he has really sacrificed a very um, successful career. I mean, that isn't to say that he's uh, not also. Actually, I, I need to ask you about that, Jeff. Whether you're whether you're having a day job as well, but certainly he has is devoting most of his life, really, to um, trying to get the truth across to his fellow Americans and to other people in the free world. Um, the truth about terrorists, the truth, what terrorists don't want us to know, how we are so barking up the wrong tree because we don't know enough about the Koran and about Islam. Um, and I had the honor of attending uh, his seminar recently. It was a seminar in Las Vegas where he assembled some of the most brilliant minds on this topic and um, including his own, and uh, sacrificed a lot to do it. And um, it was just such an amazing, eye-opening experience. And as most of my listeners know, um, I just spent uh, the last years since 9-11 researching and writing a book, Coping with Terrorism. So it is uh, something to uh, still to have my eyes opened about just how significant how imminent the threat is. Welcome to the show. My guest is Jeff Epstein. He's the founder and president of America's Truth Forum. Welcome. Thank, thank you, Dr. Lieberman. It's a pleasure to come on board. And it was wonderful to have that opportunity to meet you last weekend in Vegas. Yes. Through all our conversations. Yes, it really was. And, and I just um, give you so much credit in uh, trying to bring... Well, first of all, why don't we start with that? I would like to know how <laughs> we didn't talk about this. I'd like to, and I, I first actually found out when the conference was over just how much. Um, this is why I keep saying that you sacrificed to uh, to bring this conference to us all. Um, but how did a successful, politically minded, but successful uh, sort of, I guess, entrepreneur, or I'm not sure what you would call yourself, but Get involved in such in, in this topic and with such passion. A moment of insanity. <laughs> Actually, uh, I was not that politically minded, and uh, I, I had uh, I was in mortgage banking for probably twenty twenty two twenty three years. 
Well, that's what I mean. How I did no you had no time go- for anything else, Carol. That's all I did was yeah. mortgage banking, you know, from sunup to sunset. And for health reasons, I was encouraged to cut down on my hours, which that business wasn't going to accommodate. Right. Uh, so I, I sold my mortgage company. It was a small shop, small operation back in '03 in October. And for the first time ever, I did get somewhat political, so you were right about that. But in, in the spring of 2004, I think it was February, I decided uh, I had done a lot of research, and I just felt that I had to get involved in, in the election. And uh, I stepped forward and followed. At the time, uh, I decided I had to do something to stop John Kerry from becoming our next commander-in-chief. I had a lot of information on him. I felt he wasn't worthy of that position. And I decided to organize a rally in Washington. And about three weeks into it, I discovered that a former SEAL commander, Captain Larry Bailey, who commanded the Navy SEAL School, in partnership with a, a Cobra pilot, both Vietnam veterans, were already working on it. And since I was not a veteran, I, I knew I, just in my heart I didn't want to compete with them. So I contacted them, and it took about another three weeks for Captain Bailey to decide to bring somebody on there. And he called me one day, and he said, you know what, I want you to work for me because you have this drive, this ambition. And, you know, it was a volunteer position. Uh, the position that we have open, we need somebody to direct media relations. What do you know about it? And I said, nothing. He said, learn fast. Mm-hmm. So... That's how it started, and in 2004, I directed media relations for the Vietnam Veterans Movement under the name of Vietnam Veterans for Truth, and uh, we hosted a major event. I broke a story that took up a full chapter in John O'Neill's book, Unfit for Command. And after the election, we know what happened, the result of which put President Bush, you know, the administration in office. But I continued to receive telephone calls from some talk uh, radio hosts asking me to help them. They wanted a general from CENTCOM or they wanted somebody involved in counterterrorism, etc., to come on board as a guest. And I never brought those people on without spending 45 minutes or so talking to them on the phone. Carol, I'm just going to say that you would have been shocked at the information they were giving me. Mm. And I realized something. We were all in danger. The information was not getting through the mainstream media, and I felt compelled to do something about that, and the idea hatched at that point uh, to host symposiums across the country on matters of national security, and that's when America's Truth Forum was formed, and and the idea, once again, was that we would do something, and once again, I I would become non-political like the rest of my life was prior to 2004, and we would just try and, and... bring the truth out, um, present the facts from experts on both radical Islam and terrorism to what we thought would be a hungry audience and let the people in attendance formulate their own opinions. So the whole drive behind this has been non-political and non-partisan. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's important, obviously, because we have to work together on this we have uh, to bring everybody together because the threat is against all of us. It, right. it doesn't matter if you're from the left, the right, or center. Right. We're all very much in danger. Well, um, one of the things that I, I found rather 
whether rather disturbing, interesting but disturbing, is, and I'd like you to talk about this, how, uh, about the threats that, I don't know if you personally got any threats, but I know that some of your speakers did. What is, what is the resistance from the media, from whoever it's been coming from, to getting the truth out? Well, let's take a look at the threats. Robert Spencer had spoken for me uh, in Las Vegas, as you know, but also in Arlington, uh, Virginia, you know, basically a suburb of D.C. when we hosted our first event last April. He's got multiple fatwas against him. He's got more death threats than probably most. The second person, Wafa Sultan, uh, Dr. Sultan uh, from Los Angeles, she's a secular Muslim. She grew up in Syria, and uh, she's taken a very strong stand against Islam and uh, the pillars of the religion itself right now because she she fears that, you know, it's, it's very, very dangerous and it poses a substantial threat. That's based on her own personal experience. She had... Uh, She's a psychiatrist, and she also has an MD. She was educated in Syria, and when she was 21 or 22 years old, two or three people, terrorists, uh, basically came into her classroom and executed her professor in front of the class with multiple gunshot wounds, and that was a turning point in her life. Carol, I had asked her what their motivation was, terms of what this man yeah. did deserve to die like that. And she said that he, he was innocent. He did not do anything other than being part of a religious sect, the same sect that the leadership of, you know, the leader of her country at the time was a member of. So they just took it out on him. Hmm. So she witnessed a brutal slaying at such a young age. And, you know, I, I've heard other stories along the same lines. So have I received threats? Yes, but not to the extent that those two people have. Well, okay, I can see why people who are speaking out against Islam would receive threats from radical um, Islamists. But what about just the general idea of bringing this information to light? I mean... For example, you're you're organizing it, and and um, uh, why why would the media? You know, I, I can understand people who are are proponents of their religion or their you know their. Okay. We talked about it really being a political movement and all that, but but why would out why would the American media be telling people not to talk? I don't know. I, I can tell you certain things that have taken place in the past. Uh, when we first formed the organization, the first the first event that I intended to host was going to be in the state of Connecticut. And I had contracted with um, the largest radio station in the state. It was a 50,000, you know, st- station on 50,000 watts AM, the only station that you would want to advertise on. Mm-hmm. And these were paid advertisements. They were 60-second commercials. There was nothing disturbing in nature other than the fact that we were appealing to law enforcement officers, to first responders, and concerned Americans to come and learn about the threat of radical Islamist terrorism. Well, I did not know it, but the station was owned by CBS Infinity. CBS 
the legal department contacted the manager of the station and said, pull the ads, don't let them advertise. Hmm. The reason I was given at the time is they felt that the type of information that we, we would put out there, the truth, would be too disturbing for consumption by the American public. Hmm. So they had effectively blocked us from getting information out to the law enforcement community, people that, you know, their lives are on the front lines. You know, it, it, it did leak out after 9-11 that if one or two of those jets were not successful in hitting the towers, um, a secondary or tertiary, I think secondary target, happened to be the Millstone Nuclear Power Plant in Connecticut. Hmm. So why would they not want law enforcement to know this information? Hmm. The government's, you know, gone to extremes to tell people that we have to be vigilant. But it's rung, it really rings hollow because they've never told anybody what it means to be vigilant. Yes, yes. I know. It, it's, and, and of course we're, we get desensitized to, uh, whatever the threat level is, you know, that we see in the news and the crawl. Um, what are we supposed to do about it? And actually that causes more anxiety. I mean, it's, it's sort of a, a uh, seesaw between between increased anxiety and desensitization because you don't know what to do. Exactly. Well, when we come back, we'll uh, tell you more truth with my guest, by my guest, um, Jeff Epstein. He is the president and founder of America's Truth Forum, and we're bringing you the, we're probably just going to be able to hit the tip of the iceberg, but... <laughs> But that's important enough, the truth about terrorism and what the mainstream media doesn't want you to know. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. The Internet's premier talk radio station, voiceamerica.com. Join Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Positive Living, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. At least 90% of sports success requires mental strength. And the greater the competitive level, the more critical it becomes to build that mental muscle. Tune into Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Your host, Jim Meyer, sports psychology coach, consultant, and author, offers practical, powerful, and positive mental game, tools, tips, and techniques. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental game for Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure, what's up? Um, There's this girl I kind of like. Well, if there's one thing I know, it's women. Really? Well, they didn't call me velvet for nothing. I don't get it. Smooth. I was smooth. Oh. Anyway, it's easy. You just got to impress her. Show her how strong you are. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? I don't know. Desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, Ugh! Try it. Ugh! 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 <laughs> See? There you go. And you should dress up. Start wearing a shirt and tie. 
I'll look like a dork. No, you'll look successful. Okay. And finally, you can start using my cologne. <clears throat> the ladies love it, so don't be shy. Splash it on. Thanks, Dad. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To find out how you can adopt, please visit our website at adoptuskids.org or call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today my guest is Jeffrey Epstein. He is the president and founder of America's Truth Forum. And um, we... We're just going to uh, actually be able to, in this hour, touch on some of the truths that will give you at least, it will open your eyes to just how much more there is, you know, how much we are not being told by the mainstream media. Um, so, Jeff, why don't you go ahead with uh, some examples. Well, yes. I, you know, basically after what happened with CBS, we, we really did rely on them. They wouldn't let us advertise. They blocked us. So we, uh, you know, pulled the anchor and set sail for um, the Mid-Atlantic area, and I contracted with the Marriott Hotel um, to host an event down there. And um, they had broke the contract just weeks before we were supposed to, you know, move ahead with it. And they, the reason they did that was they feared violent reprisal on, on behalf of a Muslim um, student body at Georgetown University, which was, you know, in close proximity. But interestingly enough, the following week they hosted CARE's annual conference, hmm. and there's one coming up again. Uh, I believe it's just within weeks now. And the keynote speaker at this conference was Siraj Wahaj, who's the unindicted co-conspirator conspirator of, of the World Trade Center bombing, the 93 bombing. He stood up hmm. in, in court as a character witness for the blind sheik who, you know, de- who was who was implicated and in, in is still serving a jail sentence. So, you know, we've been facing this stuff all over the place. We did not face I, I moved to the, the Hilton. We had a wonderful event. It was our first one. Uh, it was well attended. It wasn't protested in similar fashion to what we were, were able to achieve in, in Las Vegas last week. Yes. But, I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, what I wanted to say is that I was told by a defense contractor that the State Department had leaned on them. Not, I had made an appeal. You know, we're grassroots, Carol. You know, our funds are extremely limited. And uh, I, I made an appeal to something like 300 companies over the course of 60 days prior to Arlington for financial support because we thought it was a good thing. I approached the insurance carriers that covered the losses for 9-11 the bond company that lost 60% of its staff. I, I approached oil companies and, you know, aircraft manufacturing companies, ammunition ma- manufacturing companies, etc. Not one of them would step up to the plate. And, and just in the weeks following the event, I found out that the State Department had intervened and tried to pressure a number of these companies, a number of these companies not to uh, support us. Now, a- as we rolled, 
just weeks ago, you know, as we closed in on Vegas, one of my speakers was being influenced or encouraged not to participate. And um, it was Homeland Security and NSA that was leaning on her. In addition, Hamid Mir, who we brought all the way from Pakistan, Mir is the only journalist that interviewed bin Laden since 9-11. He's been very credible. He's been very supportive. He's provided us with a lot of information. In February of this past year, he told us that bin Laden was alive well and about to release a tape to Al Jazeera. I had that information five weeks before the tape was released. Mm. This was, and it, we could not get any mainstream outlet to post it. So finally, we posted it on WorldNet Daily 48 hours before the tape appeared on Al Jazeera. And this was after Congressman Kurt Weldon had declared that bin Laden was dead. He died of natural causes in Iran. Hmm. Mir gave us a lot of information. But right up to the minute that he showed up in Vegas, he was being pressured by CNN not to show up and not participate. And at the, the same time, some other folks were being told by CNN that he was an al-Qaeda operative. <laughs> so which is it? You know, and, and I've never faced this before. I, I, I just really don't understand what's going on out there and why it is that they're doing their best to shut down the truth. They don't want anybody to know what the threat, you know, the terrorist threat is right now. Well, you know, I mean, that's what's interesting is the um, disparity of you know, the variety of, of um, the different organizations who are trying to shut down your events and the speakers, you know. I mean, it's not just the media. It's also some governmental agencies. Um, and yet we were well attended by law enforcement. I had people there from Homeland Security, the Joint Terrorism Task Force. Um, the the uh, law enforcement community and the first responder community, once again, you know, showed up in force just like they did in Arlington. Mm. Well, So I, I think we're becoming a, a force to be reckoned with because, you know, there's been a lot of interest on the behalf of those people that, that attended. Yes. And, you know, word is spreading. Yes. We're, we're getting support from the private sector now. Well, you know you're doing something right if you have Homeland Security, the State Department, and CNN <laughs> telling you not to do it. <laughs> so, so uh, yes, and there was, I, I do want to mention that there was um, incredible security that you had um, at the event in Las Vegas a couple of weeks ago. Um, really uh, very, very tight security. It was, it was comforting, I must say. Um, it was later on Saturday than on Friday, because the hotel Friday evening would not allow us to have a magnetometer and did not want any presence of security, but do trust that everybody was well protected. Yes, oh. yes, yes. <laughs> there were, yeah. Well, why don't you, um, you know, there's just so much, but why don't you pick pick something from the the hat of all this truth? And okay. it must be really hard for you um I don't sleep well at night. Yeah, I was just going to say. In waves. Be... <laughs> what? I said in waves. Yes, um, because it must be really hard to know that you're holding on to so much information and um, and and wanting more people to know about it. And, of course, 
you are spreading it. We'll give out your website at the end of the show, but and with these symposia that you're going to continue having. Um, but it's sort of I was sitting there through the whole thing, thinking, "Wow, you know, I wish that this whole conference was on C-SPAN or some television show." You know, people really need to. There wasn't anything any of the speakers said that that wasn't something that we all need to know. And C-SPAN refused. Uh, they did not respond, and that's the second time they did not respond. Mm. But, uh, you know, I think probably the most disturbing thing, and, and before I get into it, I just want to make one comment. We were not running a hate fest. We do not hate anybody out there. We're trying to be as open-minded and fair as possible. Um, and, and I think you probably noticed that. However, there does seem to be something, at least in my mind, there's something defective with Islam, not with the people that follow the religion. We hold nothing against them, but there's something defective with the religion itself. Wafa Sultan brought that up. Uh, former CIA um, chieftain Bruce Teft brought it up. You know, um, a number of people that have spoken in the past. And I would encourage people to, to secure a copy of the Quran and, and check it out, read it. Read the Hadith. You know, don't go to an English version. You, there are... There are versions on the Internet that have been translated, and when you read it, you'll understand what the problem is. But we are under threat. We're not fighting a war against terrorism. That's a misnomer. Nobody fights a war against the methodology, against, you know, a tactic that's used by the enemy. We're engaged in a holy war that was declared upon us. You know, I don't think the West is fighting against Islam but Islam is fighting against the West. And uh, this jihad or holy war has taken place, you know, a number of different variations to it. It's not just militant. It, just does, it doesn't just in, employ terrorism. It's political and it's economic. And the sad reality, folks, is that we are losing. We're losing our country. And uh, every counterterrorism expert that I speak to has come to the same conclusion. We're too politically correct and too apathetic to do what we need to do to fight for our children's future. And shockingly, and I have to emphasize this, there are crosshairs on the backs of every American right now. Yeah. You know, Carol, you and I spoke earlier during the break. Osama bin Laden has, has permission from his religious clerics. Once again, the religious leaders gave him permission, not political leaders, to execute, to kill up to 10 million Americans. And, and that's not a fact that's wide, widely known. It's not a fact that you're going to hear on the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. How much more disturbing can it get? Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, <laughs> you know, and, and don't, don't sit there and think, Oh well, ten million. There are three hundred million. <laughs> My chances, you know, aren't that great because certainly the chances of uh, someone you know and love um, are pretty somebody great. Somebody in your audience will be affected. Not oh, of course. That, firstly, is great. Absolutely. Well, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more about this, about the uh, apathy and PC uh, political correctness that is sweeping our nation and. Um, how we do have to wake up. 
So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. My guest today is Jeffrey Epstein. He is the president and founder of America's Truth Forum, and that's what we're talking about today, the truth about terrorists that uh, the American media and apparently the State Department and Home Security, Homeland Security doesn't want you to know. So stay tuned. The Internet's premier talk radio station, VoiceAmerica.com. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture, who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional attainment in their fields, only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific time to Jeffrey Gitterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. At least 90% of sports success requires mental strength. And the greater the competitive level, the more critical it becomes to build that mental muscle. Tune into Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time. Your host, Jim Meyer, sports psychology coach, consultant, and author, offers practical, powerful, and positive mental game, tools, tips, and techniques. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental game for Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show... Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. With me today is Jeffrey Epstein. He is the founder and president of America's Truth Forum. And um, it really, although it's uh, hard to, you know, I was just thinking, Jeff, we need to, (laughs) we make a good dog and pony show. You tell people the truth that scares them to death. And then I tell them to buy my book, Coping with Terrorism. I think it's perfect, Carol. <laughs> to learn how to survive when you're, when you're um, appropriately frightened. Um, what do you, we were talking before the break about apathy and, and political correctness. 
and uh, which really has gotten out of both of which have gotten out of control in our country. What do you see being on on the front in, in this war? Well, you know, we're currently engaged in fighting a war for a very survival against a cunning, ruthless, and implacable enemy. This en- enemy is skilled in using against us the rights guaranteed by our own constitution. And you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. What future awaits our children? What are we going to pass on if we don't face it now and, and face it in earnest? You know, this evil. Um, I spent six months struggling to put the, the Las Vegas event together, a hundred to hundred and ten hours a week. And you know, it was it was very successful in terms of the message that we delivered. It was unsuccessful in terms of the number of people that were in attendance. I would have loved, instead of hitting a 200-person mark, there should be a 1,000 people there. And every person should go out and tell 10 more or 20 more and spread the word so we all unite to take a a stand in the face of of what's coming our way. Uh, You know, this past July, the Islamic Circle of North America in conjunction with the Muslim American Society. They hosted a convention for seven to 9,000 of their supporters mm. in Hartford, Connecticut. We struggled to bring together to assemble mm. two or 300, mm. 500 people that care about the future of their country, that care about their children, the safety of coming generations. They can bring seven to 9,000, 10,000 together. At the same time, another event took place in Texas. They did the same. But, you know, it's not just that they host a conference. The featured speakers included Mozamil Siddiqui, Mahdi Bray, and Siraj Wahaj. Siddiqui is the former president of the Islamic Center in North America. He personally tutored Adam Gadan, a.k.a. Azam the American. That's that mm-hmm. treasonous former mm-hmm. USC, USC student right. who currently serves as a mouthpiece for al-Qaeda. Bray is the executive director of the American Muslim Student Freedom Foundation, an organization that was associated with the Muslim Brotherhood. And Siraj Wahaj, once again, as I mentioned before, he was the unindicted co-conspirator of the 1993 World Trade Center bombing. And he's an, he sits on the advisory board of CARE. Now, CARE, the Council on American Islamic Relations, is a self-appointed advocacy group for American Muslims, and it's a terrorist front organization with deep-rooted ties to Hamas. Now, this is not, there's no way that this is innocent. We're seeing organizations like this, these that I've, I've just described, bring thousands of people together in regional events and educate them with, with terrorists standing in front of them. At the same time, we have evidence that there's widespread paramilitary training taking place on our soil. Not just paramilitary training, but survival training. Hmm. And I wrote an article, I was involved, Carol, not only with putting the symposiums together, I, I had a busy year, I was involved in, in several uh, terrorism-type investigations. But, you know, I'm talking about paramilitary training, disguised as, in this particular case, described as something that appeared to be quite innocent. Muslim student associations, mosques, and Islamic centers all across the United States and Canada are sponsoring paintball events 
And I'm telling you that they're using paintball to train their people. And the National MSA, or Muslim Student Association's online journal, quotes Mohammed as saying, power is shooting, power is shooting, power is shooting. They go on to encourage people to, to learn how to train with firearms. But if firearms are not readily available, or it's too cost prohibitive, to pick up paintball, because it's an excellent way or form, uh, uh, an excellent way to learn about combat. How does a student association support something like this? Yes. And, and this is widespread. This, uh, we found maybe 20, 30 MSAs on universities and colleges across America alone, plus, you know, Toronto, Ontario, all over the place. It's not innocent. You know, I was working with Dr. Paul Williams on another investigation. There are actual terrorist training camps on American soil. And there's gunfire coming out of these places seven days a week. The federal government, for some reason, is not investigating this or has not done anything to stop it. And getting back to the paintball issue, there was a case tried in Virginia, and some people were convicted and sentenced. They were using uh, paintball to, to train, you know, for terrorism. But they also sent 50-something or 60-something thousand paintballs to Pakistan from paramilitary training. Hmm. We broke the story. That particular one I researched with uh, Laura Mansfield. And we were contacted after it, you know, it hit the newswire and went out on front page and other places by law enforcement agencies in a couple states that thanked us and said they're now going to start looking into who's playing paintball when they contacted some of the ranges. In where? In Pakistan or here? Here, here, right uh -huh. here on our soil. Uh-huh. I can't identify, you know, it wouldn't be prudent right. for me to identify what state they're looking in right now. Yeah, no, that's okay. But, 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 um, the, it's, it's sort of, we exported the paintballs and the equipment to Pakistan? We didn't, but this, uh, this terrorist, uh, Well, I mean, I mean from America. That's to, correct. For paramilitary training there. So we broke the story, and it turns out the head of Paintball Times, who, who's a med student in the Chicago area, hmm. um, he, he contacted us. He wasn't happy to see his name in print, but it's a Muslim that, that heads up the largest paintball publication in, in really? the country. You know, it's funny because, um, I mean, I, when paintball first came onto the scene years ago, I actually was very vocal against it, I mean, way before I you know, ever knew about it having uh, ties to terrorism, but because because I am an anti-media violence activist, and paintball was a, a sense, you know, it was sort of a, a war toy in a sense, um, and I was just against it as, as being a very violent kind of game and that, that children should not be allowed to play, I mean, that nobody should be uh, really involved in because it just uh, helps to feed aggressive tendencies or feed our inborn aggressive drive that's supposed to be turned into a healthy com competition in Freud's day. And um, it's just sort of ironic that it has evolved to the point, I mean, it, in fact, is so true that now people are, are training on it to perpetrate the worst kinds of uh, violence. You know, I don't know enough about the sport to condemn it. I, I believe, I, I don't think that it should be prohibited. It should be looked at. But I have a personal issue with it. 
I'm a certified pistol instructor. I've, I've shot my whole life. But one of the things that I always learned is you don't point a gun at something you don't want to shoot. Mm-hmm. And I, even if it's not quite a real weapon, right? I just it goes against my grain. Right. Well, it's... in the woods and, and, and shoot pellets at somebody. Right. You know, it's sort of like bringing video games. You know, it's it's just a step away from video games. It's a similar kind of situation where you're, um, you know, you're pretending, so to speak, but it really is about shooting and killing. Well, I've had people, you know, contact me and say, geez, you know, I play paintball. Why are you coming down on paintball? Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm not. What I'm saying is somebody better take a good look at who else is playing paintball. Right. Because there's obviously a problem with it, Carol. Um, another investigation, I, I hate to frighten people out there, but I think people need to know this. You know, after that, that issue that took place uh, with the terrorists in the airlines in London this year, they, you know, you couldn't get on a plane with a right. bottle of mascara. But based on my own research, I, I broke an investigation uh, in August that the freight, the cargo that's being loaded on into the bellies of the commercial passenger jets is not being x-rayed. Hmm. And I don't think I touched on it at the symposium, but it dawned on me, and, and I'm sorry this is distasteful, but I was actually up in Anchorage, Alaska, and I was watching them load a casket onto a plane, a metal casket. And I said, hmm, I wonder if that's gone through x-ray. Mm. And, I, and I researched it and found out that, you know, they're not probably between 75 and 125,000 shipments of human remains a year all over the United States. These are three, 400, maybe 500-pound boxes. They're not subject to x-ray. Mm. And then I continued the investigation and found out from a funeral home in Orlando that they're releasing the remains to mosques for cleansing and wrapping and whatever they do. Huh. It comes back and then it goes on a plane. And uh, I did not find that very comforting because I had previously, we, we had uh, on our website, we have a newsletter that we put out for law enforcement and you know concerned Americans. And in one of the newsletters last year, we featured a, a videotape. It, it was a captured al-Qaeda operative that was being debriefed or, or what have you, uh, you know, by our forces. And he was he explained how they were taking bodies, excuse me once again, distasteful, but they were eviscerating them, packing them full of explosives, and when the family came to, to claim them, they would detonate mm. them. Mm. So I continued, you know, with the work I was doing and found out that, you know, two, three pounds, five pounds of C4, and it would not be a good thing in an airplane. And meanwhile... The passengers are being inconvenienced to the max. Yeah, little little old ladies are having their lipsticks taken away while uh, <laughs> while these. Um, um, and no cargo is X-rayed. Very little of it, less than ten percent. Okay. <laughs> you know. We'll take a break. Um, I, I did want to um, give a, a a number just to for help people to sort of. Uh, identify or get a sense of what we're talking about. There are 7 million million Muslims in the United States. 7 million Muslims, say that three times, in the United States. 1.4 billion Muslims in the world and 25 to 50 million Muslims of the world population of Muslims um, are known or or are thought, at least by uh, some people, to support terrorism. So we're talking about at least 25 to 50 million 
people. Um, you know, it's not all Muslims. We're we're certainly not saying that, but no. but certainly, but certainly, if uh, some of the religious leaders, the Islamist religious leaders, had their way or have their way, it will be more and more. So stay tuned again, not to frighten you, but to let you know most of all that there is so much that you're not being told. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest is Jeffrey Epstein from America's Truth Forum. The authority in Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, echopreneur, author, and green living maven, brings you an upbeat, fun exploration of the doables of living a more earth-friendly life. Kim cuts through the noise and urban myth of green do's and don'ts and shows that it is possible to live green easily. From hip organic weddings to exotic echo travel to healthy personal care products, get the most current trends and tips from the experts for living a more planet-friendly and human lifestyle. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, broadcast each Thursday at noon pacific 3 p.m eastern on the voice america channel living the green life for a human healthy and planet-friendly lifestyle albert einstein once said nothing happens until something moves will your movement towards realizing a dream making a long-lasting change to your life or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away tune into maximizing life with scott chesney and free your mind open your heart and ignite action in your life Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists, and leaders around the world, as well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcasts each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. Wine and Women is not your boring wine geek show. It is rather a fresh, fast-paced approach featuring interesting stories and entertaining segments about wine and wine-related topics through a warm and chatty format that will appeal especially to women, men optional. Hosted by wine connoisseurs and luxury lifestyle experts Julie Brosterman, Lisa Kring, Sharon Borston, and Jeanette Oku, Wine and Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest wine makers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where Women and Wine Angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women and Wine broadcasts each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women and Wine, enjoying life one sip at a time. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Jeffrey Epstein. He is the president and founder of America's Truth Forum, 
Um, at the end of the show, which is actually coming up soon, Jeff, I, I want you to tell people how they can get more involved with your organization. But for right now, I know you wanted to comment on something that I um, said before before the break about the. Were you going to say yes. something? Yes. Well, you know what? From, from the information that I'm getting, you were being very generous. Well, yes. You know, as I was reading it, my notes from your symposium, I was thinking to myself that that speaker was being pretty generous. Very generous, because basically. Um, conservative approach. There's uh, 1.4, maybe 1.5 Muslims worldwide right now. At least 10 to 15 percent are radicalized. And, and that's, be, that's being kind. Uh, another 10 percent are secular. And those in the middle, we're being told, just, you know, they've, they flow, basically they wave in the wind. and You know, uh, those are the people that have to be reached because a number of them, they don't they don't read Arabic. They don't know what's in the Koran, and they follow their religious leaders. But the biggest problem on our soil today is between 80 and 90% of the mosques are tainted. It's Wahhabi funding that opens these institutions, provides the materials that they teach from, they pray out of, and controls everything. So we've got a situation where there's so much hate against America, against the West, against Christians, Jews, Hindus, right on our own soil. And that's what they're doing. And, and it's coming out of Saudi Arabia. The Wahhabi seized control, basically, of the religion back in the early 30s. And that's when the religion itself became radicalized. And I'm sorry to, you know, I hate to put it in these terms, but the terrorists did not, okay, kidnapped the religion, basically. The religion kidnapped the terrorists mm -hmm. or hijacked the terrorists. Mm -hmm. And that's the problem we have. And until we're willing to face the facts, become less politically correct, and take a good hard look at the rhetoric and the literature that's being disseminated in these mosques. Which is basically that um, if people are are non-believers, all non-believers must either be converted, all, all infidels or non-believers must be converted, enslaved, or killed. That's correct. And that's it's, it's the part real. that, that um, really doesn't, people, a lot of people are not, Muslims are not aware of how, how strongly this is, this is the core of their religion. They believe, you know, I mentioned CARE before. According to CARE's chairman, Omar Ahmad, Islam is not in America to be equal to any other faith, but to be dominant. The Quran should be the highest authority in America, and Islam the only accepted religion on earth. This is what they're being taught. If you picked up the Hadith, it says that comes the judgment day, every rock and every tree will point behind it and say there's a Jew hiding behind it. Behind me, come and kill him. This is what they're being taught. You know, how, how, do you, how do you reverse that if you're not willing to challenge it? And the problem is we have something called freedom of religion in this country, and people just don't want to go there. They just don't want to accept the fact that there's a problem. Right. And because it is difficult to uh, read the whole Koran, <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I imagine most um, Jews and Christians have not read 
well, I don't know most. I don't have my exact statistics, but certainly a large number have not read the Bible cover to cover. No. So just like that, um, just like Jews and Christians, most Muslims have not read the Koran cover to cover and are, are really not aware of, of what drives um, the more radical. And, of course, there was a whole, there's now, and, and understandably so, a um, a dispute or a debate about, you know, whether in fact there is anything other than uh, radical Islamists. Um, well, it's a problem. And, you know, even people like Sheikh Kabani, who's taken a strong stand, it was Kabani, who is a Muslim, that said that 80-plus percent of the mosques in the United States are tainted. And I've heard organizations come forward and say that something like 60 percent of, of the Muslims globally, nation, or, or even across our, you know, our, our great nation, um, support jihad against the West and are looking forward to the day when Islam rules. Right, and it's Very not... Very disturbing, and they will use violence. They intend to use violence. They'll, they'll use whatever it takes to establish that caliphate. Because there's, there, whatever the numbers are, there, there is this, you know, there are the more extreme terrorists, but then there are all the sympathizers. The support who, system, yes. Yes. And, um... Like 80% or 90% of, of, of of the people over 18 or 20, I forgot what the stats were on it, in Saudi Arabia support al-Qaeda. You know, that's a horrifying number. And yes. what's the reason for it? And what's the commonality? The only commonality that, that's there is the religion, and that's most disturbing. And why don't you, um, you know, I, I, why don't you tell people how they can get uh, involved with America's Truth Forum, find out more about it, find out when the next symposium is, and so on. Well, well, thank you. Uh, please visit our site. It's America's Truth Forum. That's A-M-E-R-I-C-A-S. That's plural. T-R-U-T-H-F-O-R-U-M. So that's America's Truth com. You know, sign up for a free newsletter. It goes out to thousands of people, hundreds of law enforcement officers. And, Carol, we've had feedback from the Marine Corps in Pensacola and, and sheriff's departments and you know, Homeland Security, everybody, they've, they've employed the information we present in their training curriculums. So, you know, they've been in, very encouraging in trying to those newsletters going out. The other thing is, and I, I do want to bring this up, these symposiums, symposiums are not being run for... And uh, I think you cut I, off there. Not being run for profit is probably what you said, yeah, right? Not being run for profit. Yes, in fact, you had to take out a loan, I heard. <laughs> well, that was the first one. <sighs> the second one, we did, fortunately, we broke even in Vegas because we had two very healthy do uh, donations. Uh-huh. But we are looking for some support because we intend to continue, you know, the thrust and, and continue in this direction. I'm planning a major event for 2007 and uh, possibly some smaller ones, but we have to wake the country up because, once again, it's our children that will pay a price for our apathy and, and a decision not to act. Absolutely. And I know it's hard. Um, I know it's hard to, uh, to hear. Again, this is just the tip of the iceberg, and it is hard to make... Um, uh, exact statistics on all of these things, you know, but when we're talking about millions or billions of people, but um, 
It's hard to listen to. It's hard to recognize that the threat is worse than you thought. Um, but the the main um, truth, <laughs> truth is power. Truth is is the first way uh, to to protect yourself. You need to find out what actually the threat is, um, why it is, um, and what you could do and should do about it. Because um, and whether that has to do with being political, supporting certain candidates, whether it has to do with spreading the word so that more people know about America's Truth Forum, um, whether it has to do with with um, befriending a Muslim and, and talking to them about um, the Koran and, and sort of being an antidote to some of the religious leaders who are more um, uh, radical. But, um, you know, and all of the above and more. But it starts with the truth. And um, really, I mean, you know, <laughs> my... Many of you who have listened to the show for a long time know I've been beseeching you for quite a while to um, wake up from your sleep, wake up from your denial, and, and uh, start to look at the reality so that then you can be more motivated, less apathetic, and uh, less PC, fanatically PC, and more motivated to actually do something so that you can protect your own life, the life of your children, and uh, the life of this country. You know, Carol, the truth is not always pretty, but it's the truth, and, and that's what we're trying to get to. So, Absolutely. I can't thank you enough for the opportunity to come on with you today. Well, thank you. And again, that's Jeff Epstein, and the website is America's Truth Forum. No apostrophes, or, or uh, but just America's Truth Forum.com. Well, thank you again, and uh, uh, it certainly is food for thought. Something to talk about at Thanksgiving dinner. But um, not to frighten your friends and relatives, but to actually get motivate, get them motivated to do something to help. So thank you again, Jeff, and um, happy Thanksgiving to all Hope of you. Hope to you, too. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.